Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 284 for October 11th, 2023. Tonight, we're going to be discussing... Oh, the, um, uh, we're going to start out with AI-powered facial recognition. How about Bennu samples, you know, that asteroid that we uh, walked up and did a Will Smith slap and walked away? Um, it contained water, carbon, and clay, but we're going to talk about it a little bit. Next uh, segment is pick a side. Then we're going to talk some Steam games that were updated with malware. How about a biofab in space? Rolling cold gear finds on eBay. Young people are pulling up roots. 3D printed shoes fix fitment. A crunchy roll for $16 million in settlement and pain in the fast. <laughs> PFAS, pain in the fast. Yeah, it's funny. In yeah, my I was head. wondering what that was, what the fast was, but now I get it. Uh, yeah, that, that's what it is. Oh, so, um, I'm just going to preface this with uh, today's show is going to be brought to you by got to get out of here. <laughs> got to get out of here sponsor. brand shoes and uh, tires um, because um, I forgot what day is today is and um, I need to run out and um, do a couple things. So if you want a fast show, Tonight is going to be the fast show. I wonder how popular it would be. You know, do you really? Okay. So all of you out there who are downloading the podcast and listening to it on YouTube and listening to the VOD here on Twitch, do you, would you rather have a, a really quick show of 10 articles or long form hanging out chatting and stuff like that? I know what I want. And when you say really quick, do you mean like we talk fast? Yeah, really fast turn an hour show into uh, 15 minutes <laughs> it's not even i don't <laughs> think it's possible i could just read the headlines and move on post the link in chat but okay so let's get in the, into this um we've got a bunch of articles pretty intros oh yeah <laughs> i'm marawat <laughs> that's hometown.com actually that is right there <laughs> and up there is the ai Who's keeping me in check because I'm being scatterbrained today. Um, so, yeah, you want to introduce yourself or at least say hi. I already introduced you. Good evening, hometown citizens. I will do my best to keep Mayor Watt on track, but oh. I can't promise anything. No, I don't think you can. So let's do this. I'm going to start this one over. Boom. First articles over in hometown daily facial recognition tech again fingers the wrong person for the job. Ah, we've talked about this before. We'll end up talking about it again, but this one is an amazing one. So I'm going to go straight on over to the source techdirt.com. Tim Cushing is the author. And in a nutshell, AI enabled facial recognition software was used to calculate the odds of a person being the person of interest and they actually pursued it 
So concerning. They covered the case at the beginning of the year prior to Reed's inevitable lawsuit. Detectives were trying to locate a suspect in a robbery of luxury purses from a consignment shop in Metairie or Metairie, Metairie, Louisiana. The tech deployed by the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office <clears throat> suggested Randall Reed was the most likely suspect. This recommendation, as baseless as it was, was adopted by the Baton Rouge PD, which decided this unvetted computer opinion was the same thing as probable cause and secured an arrest warrant. So I think a judge and a chief and everybody else involved in this failed critical thinking 101. Reed was ultimately arrested by the locals. Officers of DeKalb County, Georgia, arrested Reed based on this faulty warrant and held him for nearly a week before the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office rescinded the arrest warrant, correctly surmising. Lit uh, litigation was on the way. Uh, Sheriff Lapinto and his office refused to comment on the arrest or the AI searches leading to it. Yeah, there's more to this, but let's just say uh, what they did is what amounts to pre-crime. <laughs> um, exactly, Minority Report. Yeah, and and this and unironically, I guess you could say they they were the Minority Report. It literally was a report that said that this person was the person of interest and, and they got a warrant on it and then they acted on it. So I, I said that I wasn't going to uh, soapbox about this, but for crying out loud, when are we going to not take immediate steps based on faulty data from an AI where when you look left or right, AI spews bullshit it's just garbage you know unless it's generative in the in the terms of uh, creating art or music or writing and even in all of those cases you have to parse it to make sure that it doesn't have 16 fingers and say the incorrect and improper words and the music doesn't sound like crap all of this all of it takes a human to finesse it into um and so uh yesterday we talked about it that basically when you use ai to generate something if you use it for a report that's actionable in law enforcement you're making a fatal mistake it should cost you your job that's how bad it is in terms of utilizing it for law enforcement punitive purposes for creative fine but as I said then, and then uh, very interestingly, um, I was at um, a fellow streamer's channel last night, Dunkstar. Um, I, I hang out there, lurk and stuff pretty much every night. Um, but the uh, what they ended up talking about was what we were talking about. And the fact that it, it, he said exactly what I said, which is, and I'll summarize using my own words. Um, using AI for any purpose is an exercise in um, basically uh, capitulating. It, it's compromise. It's a it's an exercise in compromise. 
because it generates a bunch of garbage and you have to go, yeah, it's okay. But if I want something and, and I cannot believe just how matter of fact, Dunkstar said it just like I'm saying it. And I had said it yesterday too. If you want something that is exactly correct, you have to work with other humans. This costs a person their freedom for an extended period of time. Yeah, it's really astounding. I mean, and it looks like some very basic fact checking would have eliminated this. Yeah. The person wasn't even in the state when the incident occurred. Yeah. So the lawsuit suggests that the tech used by the sheriff's office was none other than the ultra infamous Clearview AI, the facial recognition tech company, so morally bankrupt that even other purveyors of this questionable tech are unwilling to associate themselves with it. According to this article, that insinuation is drawn from purchase orders and invoices secured from the JPSO, which show that the sheriff's office uh, also entered a contract with Clearview in 2019. Yeah. I mean, we see that AI isn't even ready to do things like make travel plans. So are we really sure we're at the, the stage for that no we're not we can't we absolutely cannot use ai for anything uh and, and there are people that are using it for financial manipulation right they're they're basically using it to trade stocks and stuff like that or predict financial outcomes and right. uh that is largely just maybe a, a weighted average and they're doing it the AI is doing what a human would do, except now a person doesn't have to sit there and do it. So even that risk is risky if something else out of band happens. So, okay. I'm, I won't spend a lot of time on this, um, but there's a lawsuit that's underway. I don't think it, I think it's going right now still. Right. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. Cause that's it right there. So I don't know when eight, it was filed. 9-8-2023. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll keep an eye on it and we'll end up talking about it. So let's keep on going. Uh, the next article is over in Mobile. Uh, NASA asteroid sample contains life, critical water, and carbon. It also had clay and iron. Um, uh, a sample collected uh, is this from, from the um, uh, event today. Yes. Uh, here, let's just go over to the source. Um, Moises Avila with Isam Ahmed in Washington wrote this article and it's posted at fizz.org. Um, I watched this, uh, uh, this event. Um, I actually started watching it right when they started to unpack the evidence that, or I should say the samples. But what they haven't done is actually cracked the inner container. Um, this is all from the outside. Um, this is stuff that was captured between the sampling device and the and the protective jacket around it. Um, okay. So, and they're sifting through this with a fine tooth comb, um, so much so that they haven't even cracked the inner container. Uh, so we don't even know what's inside Osiris Rex, the actual, and they had, they kept on using 
a particular turn of phrase in here. Um, so are but, they going to do another reveal for the rest of it or we don't know yet? I'm sure they will see. So what in here, uh, here, I'll do it like this in here is the actual container. This is the outer casement and this is the debris that just got trapped inside. So they haven't even actually opened it up, at least based on the interview um, that was taking place, the question and answer period with a bunch of students and a bunch of uh, reporters. Um, so they say something around 5.4 grams or 250, wait, sorry, wait, wait, wait. The amount collected and estimated 250 grams is six times what they expected that they would get. Um, so they are hoping to have quite a bit of stuff. I guess that's good. More stuff to look through. That's right. So it'll be interesting to see what actually comes out of this. But what has come out of it is they have found clay. Uh, what amounts to clay. Um, and other... Um, things that they describe like a strawberry um things that they describe as plates um but the this fibrous material that they describe as clay strands trap water in them so they believe that there's water in them um and then the sample that's inside that's still sealed will be even more immaculate because it is protected in situ inside this container um right when they i mean so this is a really big discovery well the what they said was that um it shows that it's probably positive that asteroids brought life um to uh, to earth um because that's where the water came from are these asteroids I don't know how water goes from a you know microscopic thimble, but um, to that, but and so now there's two other things that have transpired. Um, Osiris Rex dropped off its payload and then immediately shot off to another asteroid to review something, and a new one is launching tomorrow um, to no, go to yeah um, to go. So uh, Osiris-Rex was actually renamed um, the moment that it dropped its payload. It renamed, turned, and walked away. It went off to another asteroid um, to do an observation study, as far as I know, not another sample. But they're also firing off another uh, probe to tomorrow, is what was said. Um, and that one is going to be going to um, an iron asteroid. Uh, to see or a metallic asteroid to see what it can get i'm not sure oh, if it wow. has a sample probe or if it's just observation but i find it really cool um and the people were talking a lot bolder about the fact that we are explorers we have it in our psyche we we have to go out and go beyond just us uh, and i find it really uh, really motivating to to hear and see uh, all um, a broad swath of people um, kind of driving this motivation for students. I mean, yeah, this people. seems like almost opening up a new phase of exploration and inspiring a whole generation of scientists yeah. or yeah. astronauts or related fields. Yeah, we just don't know. Um, 
we don't know enough and there are uh kids out there and and teens um you know younger versions of us that are out there that are going to be motivated by this i wish that they would have included what osiris rex turned into uh, but um no they did not kind of a bummer i can't remember the name of it but that's okay let's keep on going <clears throat> Uh, the next article is over in the Mobile channel. Flipped coins found not to be as fair as thought. This is another uh, fizz.org uh, article. And uh, Bob Yurka from fizz.org wrote this article. By the way, Osiris Apex is the next mission. Gotcha. And then there's another one um, that is launching tomorrow. And I can't remember that name of that one either. But... Um, Okay, so I've always thought that your random coin, unless it is perfectly balanced, um, always is going to have some chaos in the system, right? And, and not so much chaos, but bias. And then the way that you flick it into the air when you're going to flip it um, changes the possibility of what it's going to land on. But everybody has always said, oh, poo poo this, you know, no, a coin only has two sides, so it's 50 50. But I noticed that whenever I have something um, face down, when I flip it, whatever was face down ends up face up when I, um, you know, observe it. And, um, Lo and behold, my anecdote actually holds true, but probably for different reasons. I just think that it's really interesting that my observation actually was scientifically proven. Um, it says for many years, a coin toss has represented a fair way to choose between two options, which side of the team goes first, for example, who uh, wins in a tied election, who gets to eat the last brownie um, and uh, or whole host of other things over the years many people have tested the randomness of coin tossing and most have found it to be fair as expected as fair as expected provided a fair coin is used right so i mean i don't know if coins are coins aren't typically balanced right they've got some heavier thing on one side well correct that's why when i saw this headline i'm like well okay that makes sense but that's not even what they ended up discovering they actually used 48 people flipping 350,757 coins minted in 46 countries to prevent design bias, noting each time the coin landed, which side was up. And the researchers found that uh, Diaconis, which is the author up at the top, um, was right. There is a slight bias. They found that a coin landed with the same side up as when it was launched 50.8% of the time. They also found that there was some slight variation in percentages between uh, different uh, individuals tossing the coins. And they concluded that the bias was they found was slight. It could be meaningful in terms of you know multiple coin tosses. It could end up influencing something. Um, but they say that it's because the side that was flipped into the air spends more time face up before it reverses. Now, when I described to you 
that the coin that I flipped, right? When I flipped it, it was facing up a certain way. Let's say it was heads. It would be heads when it shows up again, when I observe it, right? But the way that I do my fl coin flips is I flip them into the air. I catch them and then go like that. So what would have landed flat on my hand actually gets reversed. So whatever it is that I do, um, the regular coin toss, if you just let it land on the ground, may have been not this. It would have been the obverse of this. It would have been the 49.2. So I, I think it's really interesting that somebody had an array of people flipping 350,000 times <laughs> I'll round up 351,000 yeah. <laughs> that's times. a bit much <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool anyway I uh, thought that was really interesting and now my real issue still holds true how did they verify that these 48 coins or 46 country um, manufacturers was the coin perfectly balanced I don't know because they don't describe I don't know <laughs> they don't give enough detail here <laughs> yeah they just call it as a, a fair coin but uh, now I want to know just how fair the fair coin is you know we're all equal but some of us are less equal <laughs> let's keep going uh, the next article is over in Warcrafters Valve adds new security check after attackers compromise Steam accounts of multiple game devs and update their games with malware so this kind of sucks um, and the people who did this obviously were pretty programmatically savvy you know um, the steam accounts of multiple game developers were recently compromised and used to update their games with malware fewer than 100 steam users had the games in question uh, installed when the malware was added and they've been directly notified of the risk by email according to valve the company confirmed details of the story I reported earlier this week in Game Discover uh, Co. newsletter founder Simon Carlos in a uh, email to PC Gamer today. So the the source of this is PCGamer.com. Tyler Wilde is the author, and uh, like the, the the statement that I already read, the deck statement says fewer than 100 Steam users were affected. So I guess it didn't really get too far, but I don't want to be one of those 100. So I'm really curious what it was that made this possible. Uh, you know, yeah, what was it that triggered like a it? major breach? Because I mean, this isn't like it's an individual game or something, right? This is a pretty major platform. Yeah. Well, I mean, the weakest link is going to be the person that um, allowed them to gain access now it may have been a phishing attempt that allowed them or it may have been something else a brute force or something i don't know um because it doesn't really like in this it says although this attempt to use steam to distribute malware wasn't very effective valve has taken a major step to prevent it from happening again starting october 24th game developers will be required to pass a two-factor authentication check before updating um, the default branch of a released game, the version that Steam will automatically deliver in an automatic update to most players who have it installed. 
Um, so I'm not sure exactly how it happened. An SMS text message will be the only way to receive the two-factor code. Uh, so Steam partners must register a phone number uh, to be used anytime they want to update their uh, game's main release version. Yeah. Particularly sophisticated people can clone phones. So uh, I, I right, think that, that it's might great. just exacerbate the issue. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it can push the level of anonymity about who's doing the breaches a little bit further out. But it shows a level of sophistication. The simple fact that they were able to inject malware into a program shows some technical sophistication. Um, and it's almost as if these people, whoever it was that was actually breached, um, were targets. So, I mean, why would you go after something that only has 100 Steam users that have installed the game? Um, it just seems like it's a little too close to home. But uh, one of the games temporarily compromised was Nano War Cells versus Virus, whose developer, Benoit Freslin said on the website formerly known as Twitter that he was himself the victim of malware which stole his browser access tokens uh, giving the attackers temporary access to any web service that he was logged into at the time I maybe he was them. hacked number zero you know yeah. like patient zero yeah <laughs> definitely yep yep he was the alpha test okay let's keep going uh, the next article is over in Constructagon. Human knee meniscus 3D printed in space using Redwire's new ISS-based 3D biofabrication facility. Man, this is turning into, like, <laughs> Star sci -fi Trek. Sci-fi movies. <laughs> yep, just so sci-fi. Um, cyberpunk, maybe. <laughs> sci very cyberpunk, very Blade Runner. Um if we can just get past this you know, uncanny valley part, then everything would be really awesome. Um, time is running out. Nominate now for the 3D printing uh, awards for 2023. And that's an ad that you're going to see when you go over to um, 3dprintingindustry.com. Uh, the little snippet is a little bit longer, but um, I wanted to go straight over to the source. Alex Tyrer Jones is the author of this article. Um, and they talk about this biofabrication facility that's up in um, the ISS. And it 3D printed a knee meniscus, returned to Earth on board SpaceX's Crew 6 mission last month for further analysis following successful 3D print operations in July. The achievement is said to unlock improvement uh, for treatments of meniscal injuries in space, such as the most common injuries for U.S. service members. Um, interesting. So it says that it's groundbreaking milestone with significant implications for human health, demonstrating the ability to successfully print complex tissues such as the meniscus is a deep, uh, sorry, a major leap forward uh, toward the development of a repeatable microgravity manufacturing process I didn't even know they 3D printed this on Earth. Um, well, gravity takes its toll, and so things end up being flatter. Um, but in 
low gravity or zero gravity, you can actually create like a foam and it is stable because there's no downward pressure. It doesn't become oblong or anything. Um, so they can uh, create things there that they can't even create on Earth. Correct. Yep. Um, once 3D printed, uh, once 3D bio printed, the meniscus can uh, was cultured on the ISS for 14 days in Redwire's Advanced Space Experiment Processor or ADCEP. The ADCEP is a fully automated multi-use facility used to conduct a range of life and physical science research and small batch production on board the ISS. I think it's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, and I suppose like once it is solidified, you know, once, once it has cured in space, you can bring it back down and it doesn't collapse like a, so much souffle. Um, so this is astronaut Christina Koch, or Koch, maybe, I don't know, um, operating the 3D BFF. Oh, the best friends forever bioprinter. That's probably not what BFF means. <laughs> On board the uh, ISS. Okay, well, all kinds of stuff. This is one of the things that we talked about before. Hard on a chip um, was uh, 3D printed on the ISS. Uh, as part of the Astrocardia project. We talked about that earlier this year. Um, I cannot imagine the price for this. This is not going to be something where you're like, hey, I need a new meniscus for whatever. And your insurance is like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll order one from the ISS. <laughs> well, right. And I'm thinking that the pricing is going to include things like the infrastructure for this. Like, are we paying for oxygen for the astronauts running the, <laughs> and it's going to uh, be the, it, the 3d print or whatever. Yeah. And you're going to pay for all of, they have to do the recovery pricing, right? So they, the, every, all the money that they've already sunk into this, they're going to try and get back. So I can imagine that this one, let's say you need it. That one operation is going to be like $25 million. <laughs> right. It might be okay after the first one, but the first one's going to be really ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and you don't necessarily want to be the first one, right? Because that's the one where no. they find out all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Where right? every... You want to be like, Hey, how many of these have you done? Oh, wait. You just learned this yesterday? Hmm. <laughs> well, we just got it from space, so you're the first. Yeah, I don't know. It saves my life, sure. Okay, let's keep going. The next article is over in uh, Hatch Ideas. DOJ sues eBay for selling rolling coal devices. Fines could hit $2 billion. Well, I hope it's all going back into, like, environmental remediation or something yeah so rebecca picciotto i i think is their name um picciotto picciotto um anyway it's a cool name um the uh the devices are designed so that without having to work harder you can basically spew all kinds of carbon out into the air um, particularly with diesel vehicles and it's called rolling coal. Um, and it just dumps all kinds of crap in the air. Yet 
people say left and right that diesel is clean. Um, but here, I'll show you a picture. Look there's at one it. Attached. It doesn't look yeah. very clean. It, it's not clean. It's kind of like the people that sit there and say, well, you know, cigarette smoke drops out of the air within 30 feet of the smoker. And I'm like, the hell it does. You By the way, I was thinking it was like the water. Oh, drink the water. It's safe. Yeah, go drink the water. Yeah, go stand in that muck. Mm-hmm, okay. So uh, it says the Department of Justice alleged that eBay has allowed more than 343,000 illegal rolling coal pollution devices to sell on its platform. Each of the alleged transactions would come up to a $5,580 fine under the Clean Air Act. Then they describe what rolling coal is. The practice of tampering with a vehicle's emissions control system, causing it to spew black clouds of sooty exhaust. Usually it's some overcompensating putts that's doing this. This is a F450. Um, just sitting there spewing this garbage out. And I don't even know where this is, but you know, formerly beautiful place, I'm sure. Anyway, um, don't tamper with my freedoms, I suppose. Um, the, the practice is sometimes used as a form of anti-environmental protest. Coal rollers or the drivers who engage in the action may intentionally target Teslas, Priuses, or other electric or hybrid vehicles. They actually do it a whole lot worse. They'll roll coal on motorcycle riders. They'll do it on people who are walking or jogging. They will uh, do it to bike riders. Um, anybody who suggests that a, a a massive vehicle that's spewing all kinds of junk and hasn't seen hard work in its entire existence um, is you know not good for the world yeah you'll you might get that so you're not allowed to have an opinion but they are um, you know it's one thing to not be very eco-friendly like you're driving something that is polluting a lot but it's another to intentionally be doing it yep under the clean air act tampering with a vehicle's emissions control systems and selling those tampering tools are illegal only some states like new jersey maryland maine have banned the practice in their own jurisdictions I'm surprised California isn't in this list, but California probably doesn't even address this in this manner. You're maybe you're, they already have a comprehensive thing that bans it. Exactly. Yeah, I'm really curious if that's how it is because air in California is uh, a carcinogen no, and, <laughs> and could cause cancer. So I can imagine these devices. Um, just by their very proximity to a human being can cause cancer. Uh, in addition to rolling coal products, prosecutors argue that eBay allowed the sale of more than 5,600 dangerous methylene chloride paint removers and at least 23,000 prohibited pesticide products, both of which the EPA banned for their safety hazards. Um, and honestly, this doesn't solve the problem. It just changes the venue because what's going to end up happening is eBay is going to say, well, hell, our fine is really massive we're going to litigate and, and try and minimize whatever it is you're complaining about and then they'll put into effect no you can't sell this device that device and it'll be mechanical so automated or somebody will have to report it 
and and then they take the listing down um, but people find coded ways to sell it um, or they'll do it through craigslist or some other um, solution so i have little faith that these will be stopped um, but like many things maybe society can clap back a little bit louder and say these manufacturers need to be stopped from producing these piece of shit that devices. and then also like having state laws in place so that people are actually um, you can act find or mm -hmm. the items are confiscated or whatever yeah i mean these people obviously there's you can record them all day long and they basically love it um so use the evidence and send it to the da and the da can take them down for spewing this garbage i mean it 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 should be a crime to do this crap so anyway let's keep on going there is no purpose for that stuff so um the next article is over in technology today america's farmers are getting older and young people aren't rushing to join them uh, we've talked about this from time to time but this is one of the few articles um that actually is reporting on what we have observed anecdotally um and through interviews we've We've spoken to people um, that own farms uh, or have owned land that once was farms. Um, and as the uh, parents aged, the farm slowed down, stopped and and went barren, basically. Um, and the kids either sold it or just stopped engaging, went and got you know, quote unquote, conventional jobs as if farming is not a conventional job. It, if you want a conventional job, farming is pretty much it because it is, you can feasibly do that one thing day in, day out and survive in perpetuity. <laughs> you know, it's probably one of the few things that almost guarantees that. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, I mean, I work, I work with computers technology all the time, but none of that can feed me directly. <laughs> no, Chips. now it can facilitate you receiving food, etc. Sure. but it's not sure, the sure. same. It's not the same. Not even, not even close to being the same. So on October 12th, National Farmers Day, Americans honor the hardworking people who keep the world fed and clothed. Um, you know, we would be able to actually clothe ourselves even more so if hemp were legal across the board. Um, but there's a lot of history there. So uh, David R. Buys, John J. Green, and Mary Nelson Robertson from The Conversation put this article together. It was published over on fizz.org. Um, so, yeah. The, the farmer, uh, the farming labor force has a problem. It's aging rapidly. The average American farmer is 57 and a half years old. That half makes a big difference. According to the most recent data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. That's up sharply from 78, 1978, sorry. Um, when the figure was just a smidge over 50. Yeah, even the numbers are aging. Um, as researchers are, uh, are, as researchers who study well-being in rural areas, they wanted, the authors of this, wanted to know um, what that trend was all about, what its implications were, and they dug up some data. Um, 
For example, the average Maine farmer is just a few months older than the average farmer in Utah, even though the average Maine resident is more than a decade older than the average Utah. So interesting. Farmers are staying the same age, but getting older through in time, you know, over a period of time, but the average resident is still older in Maine by a long shot. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Uh, to be fair, they did find some local differences. For example, in New York County, better known as Manhattan, the average farmer is just north of 31. Next door to Hudson County, New Jersey, the average farmer is more than 72. Um, but again, yeah, rural versus urban. Yeah. Yeah. And you I know, don't know and, how much farming is happening in Manhattan. Yeah, that right there. What is the context of that? You know, because does that mean like somebody's growing a tiny little garden plot? I don't know what the context is, but I'm really curious. It says, you know, New York County, better known as Manhattan. Well, if I these mean, are, it goes beyond Manhattan, I'm sure. But... but in in that region, them being 31 screams of early adopter farming technologies whereas 72 in new jersey hudson county screams corn crops and old school wheat farming and you know stuff like that not we have containers 40 foot containers of um experimental mushroom uh farming for culinary uh you know, like experimental chefs who want some exotic food. I don't know. There, there has to be more to this. So I, I would have to look at it um, later. Oh, which reminds me, by the way, that we talked about it briefly um, a few, maybe last week about the microwave and egg thing, a poached egg. Yeah. And it works. So you just put an egg inside, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, ramekin with water and salt. And in a minute, you have a soft poached egg. And it was great. Shockingly. Um, by the way, it does look like uh, Manhattan is actually the full county. Um, some of New York's counties actually match the boroughs. So. Gotcha. So, so um, again, it, I don't know how much farming's happening in Manhattan. Yeah, it it has to be like experimental micro farms, not not huge tracts of land. Which would explain the age difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there you go. I've thrown it into the chat, um, so you can follow this. Whoops, you can follow this um, as well. Um, but the idea is that. Uh, the younger generations are basically following school and then from school getting quote unquote conventional jobs, you know, working in the banking industry or tech or something that actually makes them a lot of money faster. Um, and then, you know, maybe like a Hallmark movie, they'll come back to the uh, hometown and you know, pivot a failing farm and and uh, follow their uh, initial dreams in, in their uh, parents' footsteps. Uh, what was it? the blueberry farm? Is that what, what's the one about the blueberry farm? Oh, from Hallmark, the irresistible blueberry farm. There you go. The irresistible blueberry farm. That's what everybody is going to be doing folks. 
eventually they'll come back and they'll start their irresistible blueberry farm. I want to start up a mushroom farm, but um, I didn't go to New York uh, to work in international banking. So if you are interested, the USDA has programs to aid new farmers. So if you are graduating from high school right now and you want to be an early adopter on farms, go talk to the USDA. Okay. Got to keep going. The next article is over in Constructagon. 3D printed shoes from HP and Brooks running. Promise to enhance performance. I titled this 3D printed shoes fix fitment. And uh, that's been a problem with a lot of people, right? We make a compromise. We capitulate. We go, add eh, these fit well enough, but they don't actually fit us. So it says here, <clears throat> Multinational printing firm HP has announced a partnership with Brooks Running at the HP Imagine event, developing the Exhilarate BL running shoes with 3D printing. The Brooks Exhilarate BL introduces 3DNA, a 3D printing midsole technology, providing a propulsive and springy feel. Neat. HP confirmed that its Multijet Fusion, or MJF, um, also known as the Michael Jackson fusion 3d printing. No, um, it's, uh, I don't know why my brain went there. Multi-jet fusion 3d printing technology outperforms 90% of midsoles in today's market. Uh, what I really want, and I'm going to be giving this idea away to anybody who wants to take it. Um, much like the big screen beyond headset where you scan your head and send it to them and they create a custom interface so that there's no light leak and it's really light in shape and fits perfect. What I think people need to do is create a 3D scan of their feet and send that in. And then a shoe is made that wraps around your foot. And then all you have to do is buy like different covers. And it's the, it's a very tough outer sole. And basically it's like putting bags on your feet, except that your shoe is entirely 3d printed to, to hug the entirety of your foot. And then you can put a different jacket on it anytime you want. Right? Because what ends up happening is you run and do all of this stuff with your shoes and you destroy your shoes, but 3d printed shoes can last a whole lot longer. Um, it, based on the construction and you can just take them and throw them in the, uh, you know, dishwasher and, uh, wash them, but you can take the covers off like kind of like a raincoat and the sole can be replaced, but the inner material is just a framework that's 3d printed to hug your feet and protect them from the impact of hitting the ground. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining that adequately, but if anybody, I think so. If anybody wants to take that idea and just put on there that Marwat gave you the idea, um, ideas can't be protected. So I, I understand that. That's why I have no problem giving it away. There's no way that I'm going to make this happen. I have way too many other things on my plate, particularly being the mayor of hometown. Um, but I'll work with you if you want. Um, 
Yeah, my consulting fee is pretty, pretty high. Okay, let's go on to the next article, unless you want to say something about it. I know, I think this is really cool, and we're definitely seeing an uptick in 3D printed uh, uh, improvements or innovations, I guess. Yeah, it's not a phase, today. Mom. Like we've had two 3D print uh, <laughs> articles today. There's a streamer, Loyal Moses, um, here on Twitch uh, that I watch uh, whenever they stream. Um, it's him and his wife, uh, Mrs. LM. And they always put on um, entertaining conversation and they highlight uh, 3D printers and, and printed models and, and people, the basically the people and the culture uh, and the tech involved in 3D printing. Um, and uh, they have a really fun show. So anyway, check them out. Uh, and at the same time, go over to hometown because we have an entire channel that's dedicated to 3d printing, um, and eventually a show. Maybe I can get loyal Moses to do the show. We'll see. Uh, the next article is over in technology today. Crunchyroll will pay you $30 for violating your data privacy rights, but it's not really crunchy roll. Uh, okay. But doesn't that make it sound like oh, here, let me pay you, and then I'm going to do this, but I don't yeah. think that's no, it's the other way around, about. yeah. They they uh, they asked for uh, forgiveness, permission? not permission. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Crunchyroll, this is an Engadget.com article. Katie Malone is the uh, reporter of this. Uh, the deck statement is a class action settlement against the anime streaming uh, service totals about $16 million. And that's because Sony actually aggregated your data and then sold it to companies without your authorization. Sony owned company settled a data privacy lawsuit this week that will result in about $30 settlements for individuals that are impacted. So your data was worth 30 bucks. A complaint filed in September, 2022 claims that Sony shared individual Crunchyroll viewing information with third party sites without user's permission. And that means that Google or Facebook might have seen your anime watch history without your knowledge. It's a violation of the Video Privacy Protection Act, which makes it illegal for uh, to video streaming services to disclose personally identifiable information without the individual's consent. Crunchyroll denies any wrongdoing. So, of course, <clears throat> um, we always settle. Anyone in the U.S. who has used Crunchyroll services between September 8th, 2020 and 2023 could be eligible for the settlement. Claim forms can be submitted online. You have until December 12th to receive payment. Um, or if you don't agree with the settlement, you can object by November 27th and attend a hearing on December 19th. And if you do nothing, you forfeit your right to any settlement amount, which really sucks because they got your name and they know you were already exploited. Just send me a $30 check. Exactly. It should be an easier process. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Bad crunchy roll. Bad. And it's not crunchy roll. Honestly, it's Sony. <laughs> Sony did it. If Crunchyroll was just an independent, not aggregated, you know, merger and acquisition kind of bullshit, Crunchyroll wouldn't have the Grombas to do that. Otherwise, they would have they would have been eaten alive by their user base. Sixteen million dollars might have put them out of business entirely. All right, 
Last article. Look at that, man. So uh, I, I called this uh, pain in the fast because it's about PFAS. Putting the pain in PFAS. Ultra short PFAS compounds detected in people and their homes. Per and polyfluoroalkyl substances or PFAS have become ubiquitous throughout the environment and increasing evidence has demonstrated their deleterious effects. I love this writing so far. A group of smaller fluorinated compounds are becoming replacements for these forever chemicals, though research suggests the smaller versions could also be harmful. So the article is over at fizz.org. The American Chemical Society put this article together. Huh. Know how I is the chemical American Chemical Society on our side? That's weird. Um, I don't know. So, a new study in environmental science and technology reports that these levels are of, of uh, these substances in many indoor and human samples are similar to those higher, uh, similar to or higher than those of legacy PFAS, though PFAS have been. Um, widely used in consumer goods, including food packaging, period products, toilet paper. Some governments are beginning to regulate their use. The most By the way, it's a scientific society. So it's not necessarily somebody trying to say, use more chemicals. Or don't. It's just reporting right, the right. data. Research, etc. Mm-hmm. Peel back the layers of the onion. Oh, look, it's aliens. Uh, the most common are PFOs and PFOA. That's like the PFOA and after. Um, you get in the pool. You you don't. You go pee before you get in the pool. Not after. Not. Never mind. Anyway, uh, I don't know where I was going with any of that. Y'all aren't seeing it, but I'm getting an error message from the. <laughs> from the sentient Quite a large AI. error message. Uh, 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 yeah, well, they're not all gems. I just tell them. Hmm. See, now, all of you out there that are listening to this, you know you want to come and hang out. It's every day, 8 p.m. Come and hang out right here on Twitch. I might start streaming over on YouTube as well, but... uh yeah, YouTube acts weird about the videos. Live doesn't count for anything. It, like it doesn't, it doesn't show up in search results. It doesn't show up um, in discoverability, um, and it doesn't. But there's even, not a lot of incentive to do it live over there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, um, and it's separate from my other uploads. Like wholly separate. So it's weird management. Anyway. Um, back to the PFAS, these uh, short chain PFAAs containing fewer than eight carbons and ultra short chain PFAAs with just two or three carbon atoms have been thought to be suitable replacements for PFOs and PFOA. However, recent research has shown that their small size makes it easy for them to move through water, throughout water supplies and in in vitro and in vivo tests have suggested that they could be more toxic than the longer compounds. So no, Amina, no. <laughs> Salamova and uh, Guomao Zhang and Stephanie Eck 
um, wanted to see if ultra short PFAAs are accumulating in homes and in bo human bodies and understand how they might be getting there. Over 300 samples of dust, drinking water, serum, and urine were collected from 81 people, I hopefully voluntarily. Um, hopefully the dust wasn't from the people. They don't say the ages. Anyway, um, so and their homes in the U.S. then analyzed for 47 different PFAAs and their precursors. My God, 47? Of these fluorinated compounds, 39 were detected, including ultra short and short chain compounds. For instance, PFOs and PFOA were frequently detected in dust, drinking water, and serum, but were less abundant than the short chain PFAAs. In most dust, drinking water, and serum samples, two carbon long trifluoroacetate, sorry, trifluoroacetic acid was the most predominant PFAA, often followed by three carbon long perfluoropropanoic acid. Wow, I'll get there. Good job. Um, <laughs> that was <laughs> challenging. Um, but in urine supplies, the five carbon long uh, perfluoropentanoic acid was the most abundant PFAA present. So <laughs> this stuff is all over us, in us, around us. You're soaking in it. <laughs> uh, we're just awash with PFAS. Um, and according to their research, the shorter chains, which were supposedly going to be the cure, could be more carcinogenic. <laughs> but on a positive note, hmm. uh, down near the bottom, mm -hmm. um, where there were houses that were that had carpets um, that were vacuumed regularly or didn't have carpets, they had substantially lower levels of PFAAs. Right. So there you go, folks. Now you have a reason to clean your house. Or, or go hardwood to. if you can afford it. Yeah. And yeah, they know what it's worth, so it's expensive. All right, folks, that is it. We have gone through all 10 of our articles. And uh, we always bring you back to the front, click on uh, the main street welcome sign, and you get a whole bunch of uh, um, news. We won't go through it all today um, for tomorrow's thing. Wait, wait. What? But just one. What? Amazon's worst deal of Prime Day. Get 1% off a Nermez Birkin bag. <laughs> Those are very expensive, so I can imagine. That's not really a great deal. 1%, five bucks. <laughs> off of like a multi-thousand dollar bag. <laughs> oh yeah, so it's like 50 cents off. Exactly. You'll have <laughs> I to just thought that, that was a funny headline. You'll have to follow that link. We won't do it. Um, but we'll include it um, for tomorrow's show just because. Remarkable video shows a false killer whale twisting and twirling in front of divers. The species is known to socialize with humans, even bringing them large fish. It's like the uh, false killer whale is the uh, bloodhound of the sea or, you know, the, the Eddie dog of the sea. Right, right. A Jack Russell Terrier. Yep. All right, folks, that is it. We're done for the day. I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the sentient AI that tried to keep me in check, but I don't know. We'll see. 
Good night, hometown citizens. We will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. Bye-bye. No, really. Bye-bye. <laughs>